It is the rare Saturday edition of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. And the reason is, of course, as you saw with the update that jumped right into your phone, Gonzaga Baylor is no more. It has been postponed due to multiple COVID-positive tests inside Gonzaga's program. So, can this game get made up between the schools? They both want it to happen. When might that happen? I was able to interact with Scott Drew earlier on Saturday, so we're going to get to our reactions and the other major cancellation from Saturday that you might have overlooked. Emergency Podcast starts right now. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Saturday, December 5th, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and super disappointing news in the world of college basketball. By now, you've likely heard, but if not, I regret to inform you that UMass Lowell's game with Bryant that was scheduled for Saturday has been postponed. The Riverhawks were favored to snap their three-game losing streak and put a smile on Elvis Presley's face. Loyal listeners of this podcast obviously know the story by now. Nobody else does. But if you're subscribed to the Ion College Basketball Podcast, you're well-versed on how the King left Tupelo for Lowell in 1953 (laughs) to pursue a formal education while there just absolutely fell in love with the Riverhawks. Unfortunately, Elvis did not live long enough to experience the Don DeSette years, but still, his passion for Riverhawks basketball, it never waned. So it was rough news when it was announced on Saturday that UMass Low Bryant is off, and then elsewhere in the sport, the showdown between number one Gonzaga and number two Baylor also called off on Saturday. According to a statement released by both schools, a Gonzaga player and somebody else in the Zags traveling party tested positive for COVID-19. So what was going to be the 43rd matchup in college basketball history between the teams ranked number one and number two in the AP poll will instead go down as the first number one versus number two showdown in college basketball history to be called off because of a global pandemic. It's disappointing, but understandable. It's deflating, but unsurprising. So Norlander, let's start here. We were both about, I don't know, 70 minutes from jumping on CBS Sports HQ to preview Gonzaga Baylor when it was called off. We both agree it was the right and smart thing to do, but we can also agree it sucks. This sucks, right? It does. And I'm going to get to that in a second. First of all, great. I love the deadpan right through it. This is also, you neglected to mention you know, it's the first ever meeting between UMass Lowell and Bryant. So we, we, we've we never had number one Gonzaga versus number two Baylor, and we've never had UMass Lowell versus Bryant, and that is still the case. We, so, lost, a lot on the, we lost a lot on this Saturday. Moment of silence, please. Okay. Thoughts with uh, with the Riverhawks and the, and the Bulldogs there. Um, yeah, this was so... <laughs> we, we were getting ready to go on HQ. I get a text... From an unexpected source that says, scoop for you, Gonzaga Baylor is not going to get played. And I'm thinking, this close, really? So then I said, I need to know who told you this. I said, can't tell you. So then I sent another text. That person indeed confirmed with me. And I guess I got it right when they announced it. Uh, I was told that the teams knew it about... 
about 90 minutes, maybe two hours before tip, that it was not going to get played. I was also told that Gonzaga's tests results came back Friday night uh, and that there was not a subsequent test with with all of that. Um, There's a few things I want to discuss with you, GP, on this relatively quick emergency pod. And for everyone listening on a Saturday, uh, thanks for joining us. And yeah, we're bummed that we didn't get to see this game. Um, The biggest question here, uh, Scott Drew had a presser afterward, and I asked him about this directly, but this is the same exact scenario Gonzaga found itself in when it was in Florida. Mm-hmm. It it had a it had a staff member or a non-player test positive, and then it had a player test positive. What we don't know yet, and what we may not ever know, um, Mark Few did not have a Zoom presser the way that Scott Drew did. So maybe this will come out later. I don't know. We don't know if it's the same people or not. Is it different people? You know, was was this a case of? Uh, of Gonzaga, I would I would presume it is actually different people. Um, I, I would I, I would assume it's got to be a different person as well because the initial person was Julian Strother reportedly, right? And he would have been isolated from everybody since that moment, and so the, him testing positive again, I do not believe would have triggered this type of reaction. I I agree with you, and so with all of that said, um, so. Ashley Hodge, H-O-G-E, I hope I have her name pronounced correctly. She works for Sikkim 365, which is a a local uh, outlet dedicated to covering Baylor sports. And this was her report that I asked Scott Drew about in the presser. uh, It's, quote, word from India is that both Gonzaga and Baylor wanted to play this game, but the health department shut it down. Baylor players are crushed. Had the cancellation happened yesterday, Baylor had an alternate opponent lined up, end quote. A couple of things on this. Um, I think that there is a possibility that this game was in Florida. It would have been played because the, the health officials were ultimately the ones that were not going to let this go down. And then the teams uh, got together and, and said, okay, that's fine. I asked Scott drew directly if that report was accurate. He did not, he did, he did not answer the question directly. He did, he did not support that report. He also did not deny that report, but it stands to reason, you know, these coaches, these players really, really want to play the game, but the, but the right GP, we agree that the right decision was, was absolutely made here. Um, before I toss it back to you, I want to, uh, you know, reemphasize what the schools put out jointly, uh, because I, I thought for all that, you know, for as much of a, a bummer that this was, this was an important statement that was made by Drew and Mark Few. We're disappointed not to be able to play one of the most anticipated games of the season, but we are following the advice of public health officials. And then later in that statement, they say there are much greater issues in this world than not being able to play a basketball game. So we're going to continue praying for everyone who's been affected by this pandemic. That's the statement that you put out there. Even if privately, and I'm not saying this was the case, but according to the report, this was the case. Even if privately, Scott Drew and Mark Few thought, we really want to play this game. Uh, cooler heads did prevail. This is the decision you need to make. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it was made in this venue. Oh, by the way, with Dan Gavitt, who runs the NCAA tournament on site, it just once Gonzaga had positives that popped Friday night, they were, they were just not going to play this game once they had this happen again after having it happen originally against Kansas and then against Auburn when they were in Florida. Well, I mean, it, let's just speak with what we know. Gonzaga has already agreed to play a game after a player tested positive and was in the locker room mask is celeb- maskless celebrating after that game. So the idea that a positive one positive test on the team would be the thing that makes Gonzaga go, we can't do this. Um, that's not backed up by what Gonzaga decided to do last week. So 
listen, I'm here, not here to nitpick a statement, but I think you're right. If health officials would have allowed this game to be played, I can't speak for Baylor, but if health officials would have allowed this game to be played, it stands to reason that Gonzaga would have been willing to play it if based on nothing other than the decision Gonzaga has already made at one point in this season. I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, and this is, listen, this was, this is definitely a major blow. I mean, this is the premier game in college basketball this this weekend. It's a premier game in college sports. Uh, there's the college football, while it will have plenty of, of watch matchups and BYU versus Coastal Carolina, I actually think it has like, it has like a March Madness appeal to it. Uh, this is one versus two. And so we lose it and it's, and it's a, it's a major downer there. Uh, GP has a column up that I will link in the description of this podcast episode. If you'd like to read it, he, re- he reacted off of that. Uh, before we get to them playing again, uh, Baylor and Gonzaga, and I'll offer up some details on what we know right now here in the moment. Uh, nutshell review of what you posted so people can read it so they can kind of get some more insight on, uh, on your thoughts on what happened Saturday. Just The gist of it is you know, sort of what I touched on uh, before I turned it over to you. Uh, this is disappointing but understandable. It's deflating but unsurprising. I mean, we are, and I've still got people in my mentions right now. Like I just got a tweet from Pastor Tim 90, and Pastor Tim 90 says, uh, only one player tested positive for Gonzaga, so this sounds fishy to me. It sounds like Gonzaga doesn't want to play Baylor. Like, come on, Pastor Tim 90. Like, it only sounds fishy to you because you don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, Gonzaga has been on the road for like two weeks. Uh, they're, they're in Indianapolis longer uh, they've been in Indianapolis all week they're not just uh, deciding to cancel a game 90 minutes because somehow they were concerned about how they're gonna uh, guard Maceo Teague in a ball screen like this is what happened and then the health officials stepped in and said we're not going to allow this game to be played it it really is as simple as that sort of the point I I make in the column so I've got Pastor Tim 90 and people like him in in the in my mentions, like should have just played the game. And then you got the survival rate people in your mention saying, Oh, the players will be fine. All young people are fine, which of, of course is, is mostly true. If, if you define fine by survive and not end up on a ventilator, but you know, I, I think sometimes people stopped paying attention to these numbers or just decided they're not going to care about these numbers, but we have uh, passed the point of 278,000 dead Americans in the past 10 months because of this virus hospitalizations in the United States over the past week are up 12.8% deaths in the United States are up over the past week, 35%. So if you're somebody who's dismissive of cases or positivity rate, you can't because all that leads to is the sniffles. That's what people will tell you. Well, um, hospitalizations are up around 13% over the past week and deaths are up around 35% over the past week in this country. That's not something you can be dismissive of. And beyond that, as we've talked about before, like my wife is in her late thirties, she got the virus and she survived. But at what cost? She was knocked off her feet for five straight days. Couldn't get out of bed. She said it was the first worst she's ever felt. She still cannot taste or smell as of this minute. Meantime, I was talking to a division one men's basketball head coach this morning whose son is fighting COVID-19 right now. And his son is young, so his son will be fine, probably. But his son right now is, you know, in the bed, very, very, the quote was very, very sick. So the people who treat the survival rate 
live or die, like this is a pass or fail situation, just still do not get it. And that's disappointing. Uh, This game was not canceled because health officials in Indiana were concerned that a Gonzaga player or a Baylor player might die. It was canceled or postponed, called off, because nobody wants a basketball game, especially a high-profile basketball game, to serve as a super spreader event in a time where this virus is raging throughout our country. So I touched on that and then sort of close with this. I advocated nearly four months ago for conference-only schedules in a bubble. And I didn't write that, and I don't bring it up now as an I told you so, because I recognize creating conference-only bubbles is much more complicated than typing conference-only bubbles or saying conference-only bubbles. I get it. But once schools decided they're not going to go that path and they're going to try to bounce around the country and play outside of a bubble, well, then this was always how the season was going to unfold. At this moment, I believe based on your reporting, Norlander, uh, around 21% of the games scheduled so far have been canceled. Now, that means 79% are still getting played, and if you want to argue that's good enough, then I'm not here to argue against you. I'll concede the point. Um, We're 11 days into the season, and it's been fun so far. But if you had any... Uh, idea that it was going to be anything other than this you just weren't paying attention to college football frankly and the difficulties with trying to compete in a contact sport in the middle of a pandemic that is raging throughout the country and then I and then I hit file yep there we go so um, you're right we're at about a 20% cancellation slash postponement rate however you want to term that because a lot of these uh, games that are not played on their expected day are trying to get shuffled and pushed back um, and this was the this is the cost by the way there are plenty of people no shortage of people saying you shouldn't be playing college sports period in a pandemic um, but given that you need games and you need an NCAA tournament and you need bowl games to literally uh, keep keep these sports liquid and and to have opportunities for people that are 12 years old, 14 years old, 16 years old right now to even be able to play college sports on scholarships two, five, seven years from now. That's why they're getting played. If you want to really boil it down to it, because I don't disagree on a certain level that playing these games in a pandemic, um, it might not be advisable, but this is being done for the mental health aspects of the student athletes. There's no doubt about it. Every every person I talk to in college athletics, including players, says that from a physical and mental standpoint, actually getting to compete, go to practice, playing these games means a whole hell of a lot there. Um, and it's being done because you need the money to be able to maintain college athletics. We know it in the modern era. This is not 1937 anymore. So with all that being said, uh, when this all happened, my first reaction was getting this game in again this season is going to be a tough uh, needle to thread. But uh, Mark Few and Scott Drew both went on the CBS Inside College Basketball show at 1230, which was always scheduled to preempt the 1 o'clock tip. And they were on for about five minutes and talked with Bill Raftery. And they... Uh, and they said, no, they're, they they want to play this game still. A few exact words were, I absolutely think we will. And then he added, we'll find a way to play it at some point. Scott Drew reiterated that on his Zoom media availability about an hour and a half after uh, those gentlemen appeared on America's Most Watched Network. And in talking Network to... stars. There we go. In talking to... Uh, Drew and asking him directly about this. There's a few things to keep in mind with all of this stuff. One, I do think that if they can, they're going to play the game. Uh, two hours ago, I thought 20%. Now I think... If the virus doesn't literally prevent them from doing it again, 
I'm at like 95% that Gonzaga and Baylor will play again, whether they're one and two when they do it. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. A couple things to keep in mind. One, Baylor lost its chance to go and play in Bubbleville. Uh, which, by the way, lost its final game. You mentioned about playing games you know, in a, in a bubble and all that stuff. NC State-UConn was canceled for today. It was the last game scheduled for Bubbleville. NC State had one player test positive there, forcing, uh, forcing that game not to happen. So, again, even as I wrote earlier this week, they've done the best they could, and there's still, I think there's strong reason to believe that the NC State positive came from before arriving in Connecticut, and that's how incubation periods work, and that can always be very problematic. Um, but regardless, this is going to be an ongoing challenge. So, but in terms of Bubbleville, Baylor didn't get to go, so it lost this game against Arizona State. Then um, it's rational to presume that they then would have played Villanova, so they lost the game against Villanova, and now they lost against Gonzaga. Scott Drew scheduled up in the event he lost one or two of these games. He's now lost potentially three games against ranked opponents, including two games against top five opponents. You can understand why he wants to get that in. So here is what he said. If you're wondering when they could play, that answer has not been given to us. He said there are three or four different routes to getting there, and getting there is still to be determined. Before this Gonzaga game got canceled... Baylor was intending to send its players home for Christmas. Now, you can argue whether that's the right move or the wrong move in a pandemic. And, you know, the rates are absolutely atrocious in this country right now. They're going to be worse tomorrow. They're going to be worse a week from now. And they're going to be worse two weeks from now. So if you're going to actually send players home, I I think regardless of the Gonzaga game getting canceled, Parrish, that's a conversation they need to have because plenty of coaches have told me, if we send these guys home and 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 then it's just a rolling three weeks of no games with us, like there that is a real terror among coaches and ads right now. So Drew said they're going to have a conversation with their players. He highly respects the maturity and approach to life of all of his juniors and seniors, and that's to be determined there. Um, if they don't go home for Christmas, there is a window. They both Gonzaga and Baylor have games on the twenty first and the 29th of December. They have no games in between. That really leaves like. December 24th to December 27th is the window they could get it done. Um, Remains to be seen if that would even happen. And if it did, where the game would take place. I asked Drew directly uh, if it had to be on a neutral, would they be open to home campuses? He said their preference both is absolutely to still play the game on a neutral court, but he would not rule out playing either at Gonzaga or in Waco if it came to that. People need to understand that when you want to get one of these games on a neutral court and get a major television partner, it's not that it can't be done, but a lot of stuff has to go into making that happen in terms of getting the TV people there, the trucks there, getting everything uploaded. It is actually a real process, so um, I think they've got a chance, but it's a matter of when they can do it. I also think there is a potential, because Drew said this, that they will bump one of their non-con games to make this happen. And so if they're going to do that, here's what we're looking at. If they decide to go this route, on the 21st, the four, the four teams that could be in the crosshairs here are all sub-250 teams at Ken Palm right now. Gonzaga plays Northwestern State on December 21st. That's a home game. And then it plays Dixie State, which is new to D1 this, this season. That's on December 29. Baylor has games on those exact same days against Arkansas Pine Bluff on December 21. And then eight days later on the 29th, they play Central Arkansas. I could easily see a situation in which both of these coaches say, all right, you want to just make the 29th happen or the 21st happen? I don't think the 21st is going to happen because, I don't want to say I don't think, but Gonzaga is scheduled to play Iowa on the 19th in South Dakota. Maybe Mark Few is just not going to give an F and say, you know what, we're already in South Dakota. Can we make the game happen in South Dakota and we stay there? That is a possibility. But if they do that, do they bump off Pine Bluff, uh, does Baylor, and does Gonzaga 
knock off Northwestern State. They got to deal with contract situations and all of that there. So that's just a, again, I know that's a lot there, but huge game. We're not getting it today. They still want to play it. You know, with all due respect to those smaller schools, they don't stand a chance if Scott Drew and Mark Few come to the decision that financially, contractually, other reasons, like, if you're Baylor, you got to play Gonzaga instead of Pine Bluff, you know, or Central Arkansas. And if you're Gonzaga, um, you know, Northwestern State and Dixie State, like, you know, I, I would think that will be the case. Will remains to be seen. And I think we'll have an answer on this. I don't know if it'll be official within a week's time, but I think unofficially we're talking here at Parish on a Saturday afternoon. I, I would I would venture to guess that Mark Few and Scott Drew by Tuesday at the latest, even if they keep it to themselves, will have their plan in place. Last thing, then I'll shut up. Scott Drew did also say one of the options right now, even though it, it would you would need coincidences, is if we lose an opponent and they lose an opponent and it's in the same window, then we would try and you know pivot quickly and make that game happen. That's the point I was going to make. The other scenario where they get this game in, because if you look at the schedule right now, there's not a whole lot of places, except the schedule right now is not going to be the schedule anybody plays. Right. I made this point on radio earlier in the week. Like You could go print out everybody's schedule, I think, in the entire country and, and reasonably assume nobody is going to play the schedule as it is currently printed. So you know, I'm just throwing out possibilities, but there could be a scenario where Baylor has a game uh, against Kansas State and Kansas State has a outbreak and they have to cancel that game and Gonzaga's got 3 days off and you just say hey let's 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 go to Florida and and play cuz you know like in Florida they'll they'll let you play they don't they'll let you do french kiss they don't care whatever you want to do so french kiss. I, I, I do think that the game will be played and and evidence that and I'm not trying to pick on Pastor Tim 90, but like evidence that nobody's scared of anybody else is that they were ready to play the game today. They wanted to. Um, they're trying. They're actively trying to reschedule it. And, and don't ever forget this. When this game was scheduled, this game wasn't scheduled four years ago. It was scheduled a few months ago when, guess what? Gonzaga and Baylor were one and two in the CBS Sports Top 25 and one. These teams were always scheduling aggressively to play awesome competition and there is nothing that's happened so far this season that would make one of them think "Ooh, i don't know if i'm ready for this and baylor looked awesome on wednesday night gonzaga looked awesome on wednesday night so uh, this isn't about anything other than what we've already established and i am with you one way or another and knowing scott and mark uh, they're gonna they're gonna try to play this game and i, and I think that they they will uh, eventually somewhere uh, as for going home for christmas i understand how coaches are hesitant or athletic departments are hesitant to, to tell student athletes, you can't go home for this very important holiday that is rooted in family gatherings. You know, to see your mom, your dad, grandma, grandpa, your little brother, your little sister, whomever. But we are in a once a generation pandemic and the CDC is actually saying, do not gather. For Christmas and do not travel. I mean, Fauci's been on the record multiple times this week, Parrish, saying Dr. Fauci's been saying I would advise against your typical travel for Christmas. Well, sure, but like I, I th that goes without saying. But like I'm talking, listen, my mom lives ten minutes from me. My dad lives ten minutes from me. My mother-in-law lives ten minutes from me, and we did not gather for Thanksgiving, and we're not going to gather for Christmas. And I'm not here to say, and if you do, you, you should go to jail. Like at this point, you either get it or you don't, but I'm, I'm simply not 
comfortable putting my parents or my in-laws who are all in the high-risk category at risk of this. Like if something goes wrong with some of them or any of them, I want to be able to look in the mirror and say, I didn't contribute to that. So we've already decided we're not gathering for Christmas. I say all that to say this, a basketball player at a place like Baylor or Gonzaga doesn't only have the responsibility of keeping elders in their family safe. They also have the responsibility of keeping their basketball program up and running. Like if I catch COVID because I gather at Christmas, CBS sports ain't shutting down, you know, like the people will still be in the studio. Somebody will still write columns, top 25 and one could get tricky, but like what we, we, everything would, would move along. Um, if, if Baylor, if two Baylor players test positive, Baylor's going to shut down for, you know, whatever period of time, same thing at Gonzaga or any other school. So I know it's complicated, and tricky, but we're living in complicated and tricky times. And my advice based on what health officials are recommending would be that college basketball teams, the players, they do not go home for Christmas because the CDC doesn't even want you to. And beyond that, the the risk seems to outweigh whatever reward. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. Listen, it's a Saturday afternoon. Um, the last game on the schedule tonight is Portland State at Portland. Portland State's 298 in Kempom. Portland's 296. It's a projected three-point matchup. Can I get you, can I get a prediction from you, Saturday pick for a Saturday game? Can we Can we get funky Pre- here or what? Predi- prediction would be I will be asleep. I'll be, I'll be knocked out. But, but how about this? The fight in Terry Porters. Okay. 72. All right. Portland State. 68. Can you give me the nicknames for both Portland schools? Well, of course I can. Portland State's the Vikings. That's right. Quality and, nickname. And Portland is, oh. much like Eastern Illinois, yeah. the leather the leather ears. <laughs> the Portland leather ears. It's an alliterative name. The Pilots. There we go. Portland Pilots. I mean, let, let, let me, it's, I'm staring at it. So oh, my God. See, this is, what, <laughs> this is my issue. Can we, can we keep... The quasi trivia time, honest. And I, I was honest. when you said, "Can you get a prediction for Portland?" I was like, "All right, let me click. Let and me see what boom, I need to. Sli- let me see what I need to say." I, you know, Rostein's the one who could actually give you a breakdown of Portland, Portland State. I never pretended to be able to do stuff. Now he like could that. definitely, he could definitely do that. All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. We got cleaning to do. Maybe some Christmas decorations around the house. There's no big game, but thank you again for everyone for checking in. You know, Saturday weird day, but uh, but this is significant news and. I, I, GP, I guess we're going to be back tomorrow night. I mean, let's <laughs> Villanova, Texas, better happen. I mean, it, it's it, that, we'll, we'll be we'll be back on on Sunday night, and we will talk about whatever actually does happen this weekend, and we'll preview some Monday, Tuesday stuff. We do get ACC Big Ten Challenge coming up, right? In theory, in theory, in theory, you're supposed to have ACC Big Ten Challenge games. So we got we'll we'll figure it, we'll figure it out. If I just have to tell Elvis stories about UMass Law, that, that'll get us 10 minutes. It's easy. This is easy. This is easy. We'll get through it. So yes, we'll be back on Sunday night no matter what happens between now and Sunday night. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell and thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast right smack dab in the middle of the most idiotic pandemic of my life. I never seen anything so dumb as this pandemic. So thank you guys for listening once again and on a to a Saturday afternoon uh, uh, episode that we 
we would prefer not to record because we prefer to be at this moment still watching uh, Gonzaga and Baylor. But uh, just like the sports adapting, we're adapting. If you haven't subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And like I said, we're going to talk to you again on Sunday night. Until then.